You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. Our guy, Tom Schreier, I think he's finishing up his last week of vacation. Um, We're going to have a heck of a lot to talk about with him because I think he's been just going all around Europe. Um, So um, next episode, when when he's back on, uh, we'll have him talk about his trip as a whole. Um, I think we missed last week, so apologize if you were waiting on pins and needles, waiting for, for that episode. Just not a lot happening right now. Um, you know, when, when you look at the Vikings offseason as a whole, it got really busy early in, in, in the front half of it. Um, we're kind of in the back half of it now and, and just waiting, waiting, waiting on, on the NFL draft. So uh, to this point, if you look at the offseason holistically, the biggest thing the Vikings have done um, is kind of just trim the fat. I mean, get, get rid of guys – um, that make a lot of money that maybe weren't going to have a huge impact on the team this year. Um, we, we talked at length about Adam Thielen leaving, um, Eric Kendricks leaving, Patrick Peterson to a degree. Um, I know he wasn't with the team long, but, but he became a fan favorite. All these guys, um, it, it, it kind of signals a, a turning of the page with, with Quasi Adolfo Mensa and, and Kevin O'Connell really taking on um, you know, having the team take on their their persona, um, kind of putting their stamp on on this thing. Um, since we last talked on Inside Purple and Gold, owners meetings um, went down in, in Arizona. Um, Quasi talked a little bit at those. Um, Kevin O'Connell also sat down with some beat writers. We were not there, but um, just reading the stuff to come out of that. Um, the thing he reiterated, they, they, the Vikings plan to be competitive, uh, regardless of what happened you know, this offseason so far, what has happened this offseason. Um, regardless of the players they let go, the Vikings are still a team going into next season um, that expects to win the NFC North. I mean, you look at the, the teams in the North right now. The Bears, they're getting there, but at the same time, I, I don't think they are a, a team that's ready to take the leap quite yet. Um, the Packers... They're going to lose Aaron Rodgers at some point. Um, is Jordan Love really going to be someone that you have to worry about if you're the Vikings? Who You probably have a better roster than the Packers, and, and you have a better quarterback. And then the Lions. Um, the Lions are going to be everyone's darling pick next year. Um, but they're still a little unproven. Uh, I, I know they got hot down the stretch. They were also 1-6 and six at one point last year. So I think Kevin O'Connell when talking to reporters at the owners meetings is, is talking about where we want to be super competitive because he understands that, that that is something well within their grasp. Uh, also interesting nuggets to come out since the last time we talked kind of old news now, because uh, it's two months old or a month and a half old. Um, but it did surface 
that at the combine in mid-February, um, the Vikings and the, and the Niners kicked the tires on the Kirk Cousins trade. Obviously, nothing came to fruition. Um, it doesn't mean because nothing came to fruition that they cannot re-engage at some point this offseason. Um, but the fact that it didn't happen in mid-February, um, but it was talked about, is news. Because I think back in mid-February when, when the scouting combine was going down, people were kind of recklessly speculating maybe it makes sense to trade Kirk Cousins to the 49ers. Um, We had no confirmation that that was a thing until this past week. Um, So the fact that they they have discussed it, the fact that the the Niners clearly have somewhat interest in Kirk Cousins and everyone obviously knows the relationship that Kirk Cousins and and Kyle Shanahan have. Maybe at some point down the road, um, they re-engage right now. uh, The Niners are rolling in next season um, with an injured Brock Purdy, an unproven Trey Lance um, and Sam Darnold. So Kirk Cousins would be a better option for all three of those quarterbacks. Um, and especially with Kyle Shanahan leading the ship or steering the ship, um, I think he would rather have Kirk Cousins at the helm. The question is the money. The question is what's it going to take compensation-wise. Um, and then Lamar Jackson. That's become obviously a huge story. Um, I, I don't think the Vikings are in on him. Um, do I think that the Vikings deep down have had conversations of, could we make this work? Yeah. I think every NFL front office who does not have a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, you know, in their quarterback room right now, a la Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, um, you know, I, I could go down the list. I won't, um, but you know, Jalen hurts. Um, if you don't have a guy like that, I, I think you've kicked the tires on, does Lamar Jackson make sense for us? That being said, I, I don't, I just can't see a way the Vikings make that happen. Um, the money uh, you would have to trade Kirk cousins and he has a no trade clause. Is he going to Baltimore? I, I don't know. Um, does Baltimore have interest in Kirk cousins? I don't know. So there's a lot of hoops that need to be jumped through before we can even consider Lamar Jackson to Minnesota as a possibility. Um, but it's fun. It's fun to talk about. Um, I'm sure at some point here down the road, once we get through the NFL draft and we are truly in the dog days of, of the NFL offseason, I'm sure me and Tom will have a whole episode dedicated to to why Lamar Jackson makes sense in Minnesota. Uh, but until then, we'll kind of table that. Um, I've kind of set up this whole, you know, lead in. I think we're five, six minutes in now saying, look, They've done this this offseason. They've done this this offseason. They have not traded Kirk Cousins this offseason. Kevin O'Connell says he wants to be super competitive this offseason. I've led that all up to what I'm going to talk about in this episode, which is the NFL draft. The NFL draft is a way for the Vikings to, if they want to be competitive, remain competitive in the NFC North immediately. Quasi Adolfo first draft left a lot to be desired. Still a lot of question marks that come with that. Um, looking at some of the players he drafted last year, uh, Lewis seen Andrew Booth jr. Those are your first two picks. Um, they hardly play. Lewis seen obviously suffers a, a gruesome, devastating leg injury. Um, never show me that video, please. Um, and Andrew Booth couldn't really stay healthy, uh, which has kind of been the story of his career is why he fell in the draft. Um, 
but both of those guys are coming back. So in a way, I mean, you look at Caleb Evans, he showed a lot before he suffered a concussion. Um, Brian Osamoa showed a lot down the stretch, but um, you know, he's going to step into a big role now as a linebacker in, in Brian Flores' scheme. Uh, you look at that draft class in the lack of production in year one. And you can almost say like the, the, the Vikings are going to have two rookie classes because they re- basically redshirted last year's class. Um, there were some contributors here and there, but um, I think your probably most impactful player from last year's draft was your punter, um, Ryan Wright, who was brought in, I think, as an undrafted guy. He was a rookie, um, and he he's one of the best punters in the league already. But if your punter, who was undrafted, is one of your most impactful rookies last year, it means the draft itself wasn't very good. It doesn't mean that that draft was a bust. It, it might mean those guys just took a little more seasoning. Um, not really comfortable saying any of those guys are bust yet. Um, they need a couple more years before we can make that that claim. But that being said, the Vikings cannot afford to do what they did last year with this year's draft. They only have five picks. Uh, you got to hit on some, and the guys have to be ready to contribute right away. Um, if the Vikings want to be competitive, like Kevin O'Connell said, the draft that they have this year at the end of April has to be one that they, they come out of it. Right now they have five picks. Uh, I, I can almost guarantee Kwesi Adolfo-Mens is going to trade down to get more picks. Um, I don't think the Vikings are going to exit the 2023 NFL draft with just five prospects. Um, selected. I think that there will be trades. I think there will be trades down. Um, a large reason I don't think they're necessarily going to draft a quarterback is because they only have five picks. I don't think they'll be able to trade up. Um, but if you are the front office and the coaching staff, you cannot have afford to have a draft like you did in 2022 in 2023, because you need these guys to produce. You need these guys to come in and be players that you, that can be relied upon to give you really good minutes in an NFL football game. It's not against the rules for a rookie to come in and be good. Um, Let's look at like sauce Gardner, obviously for the jets came in right away last year and and was maybe arguably the best cornerback in the league as a rookie. And you might say, Dane, well, he was a, you know, a top 10 pick. Um, There's no way the Vikings are going to get that type of production they, the first pick they have is at 23, and they only have four more after that. True. But when you look at other players who who, who made an impact last year, uh, you can go down. You can find guys throughout the mid, mid rounds that made huge, huge impacts last year. Um, so just because Sauce Gardner was a, was a top 10 pick and, and made an impact doesn't mean that you can't find someone you know, down the road that could be, you know, a player with, you know, an, an impactful nature to their game. Um, I, I think that's something that the, the, you know, the Vikings, the front office, they really, really need to consider. Um, you can't just sit there and say, oh, you know, we, we don't pick until later because so we're not going to be, uh, whoever we take is not going to be that impactful. Um, you know, Tariq Woolen's a good example. Um, I, I've talked about him in the past. Um, I'm pretty sure I've used the Gardner Woolen example in the past, but it, it, it's a good lesson. Like Sauce Gardner was one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He was a top 10 pick. He was as advertised. He was great. 
Tariq Woolen, someone the Seahawks took in the later rounds. He was also one of the best cornerbacks in the league last year. And just because he didn't get drafted high, you know, his fifth round pick, I think, in the, in the 2022 draft. Um, and he came in and made an impact. So there, there are, there are, you know, Jack Jones, and the, the Patriots drafted him, I believe, in the third or fourth round. Um, he's a cornerback that came in and made an impact. Um, hit, hit a bit of a rookie wall mid-year, um, and, and I think he got injured as well. But there are guys that you can look at as examples from last year's draft alone. You don't have to go back that much further and say, okay, so there are players out there that exist that could come in and be contributors from day one with the Vikings. That it should be the goal. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who are those players? Um, but kind of a nice exercise to do, and it's just, it's fodder. Um, none of these mock drafts really know who, who's going where, or what player fits this system. It's, it's, it's just fun fodder at this point. And like I've talked about, there's not a lot to talk about this off season so far, Um, but it, but it is fun to look at mock drafts and, and see where certain experts have the Vikings selecting and who they have the Vikings selecting if you just do a scan of mock drafts, which is something I've just kind of been doing throughout this off season, the name that pops up more than any name is cornerback Deontay Banks. Uh, this is for first round only, right? If you look at first round mock drafts, the guy that pops up pretty much more than any other guy is cornerback Deontay Banks out of Maryland. What do I know about Deontay Banks? I know that he plays cornerback and he went to Maryland. Um, other guys that, that that kind of fit that mold, cornerback uh, Cam Smith, cornerback Keely Ringo out of Georgia, cornerback Emmanuel Forbes, all those guys you, you see getting mocked to the Vikings at 23. Um, maybe they'd be good fits. Um, we're going to learn more about those guys, you know, come down the road if if the Vikings do select them. It's just impossible to download all this information Um you know, in, in, in the days leading up to the NFL draft. Um, but I think it's interesting when, when you look at mock drafts, you can, you can see what experts see as a, a, a glaring need. And if you want to just talk about the type of player and, and not necessarily lock down, it's going to be Deontay Banks or it's going to be Keely Ringo. If you want to look at the type of player that the Vikings really need to focus on in the NFL draft, I think first and foremost, it probably is cornerback because he lost Patrick Peterson. Cameron Danzer, they waived. You know, Shannon Sullivan wasn't very good last year and they're not bringing him back. Duke Shelley signed with the Oakland Ra- or the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me. So who remains in that cornerback room? Well, they signed Byron Murphy. He's a good player. Um, but he's dealt with back injuries in, in, in the past. And is he going to be able to play a full season? Vikings hope so. But 
that there are question marks in with that signing. If he's great, it's a great signing. Um, if he can't get through the season, it's not a bad signing, but it's a signing that that you didn't get the production you hoped for. You have a Caleb Evans, um, a lot of question marks with him too. Showed some flashes last year. Also got suffered three concussions. I think if he suffers one more, like his career is in question, right? Same thing with Andrew Booth. Couldn't stay on the field. Um, there's talent in this room, in theory, but in practice, like the Vikings need help. So it, it makes sense that if you look at some of these these mock drafts, and and like I said, we're gonna have draft draft prospect experts on at some point in the next few weeks um, when Tom gets back. He knows some people who know way more about this particular prospect and that particular prospect. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what Deontay Banks' biggest strength is. Um, you see right through it. If you're listening to this podcast and, and I'm trying to tell you what why Deontay Banks makes sense for the Vikings, you're going to understand that, like, I haven't watched, I haven't grinded Deontay Banks' film. I haven't. Um, but I do know that when you see the same position getting mocked to the Vikings, again and again and again it's it's for their proof because the the proof exists already the proof's in the pudding when you just look at the roster but it's further proof of how much more help they need in in the secondary so if the vikings went cornerback in in round one i i know it might bring up some bad memories of of the past under mike zimmer when it seemed like they went cornerback all the time in round one and those guys didn't always work out no, but if they go cornerback in round one, it, it's because they think that guy is going to come in and help this year. Um, they're not redshirting him. They're not waiting. Um, the Vikings, who want to be competitive in 2023, think whoever they take in round one, if that's a cornerback, is going to impact winning on the field this year. Other names that we've seen, other positions that we've seen. Um, cornerback, obviously the biggest one I talked about. I've seen some people mock edge rushers to the Vikings. Um, but a lot of these edge rushers that are getting mocked to the Vikings in, in certain mock drafts are if so-and-so falls in the draft, right? If Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa falls, then yeah, the Vikings will probably scoop him right up. But the odds of him falling are low. You know, if Miles Murphy out of Clemson falls – then yes, the Vikings maybe scoop him up. Uh, but a lot of these edge rushers you see probably are going before the Vikings even pick. Um, so I don't necessarily think that's necess- something we need to dig into too much. Also, the Vikings went out and signed Mark Stabenport this offseason. Um, you know, they're probably going to lose his Darius Smith at some point. I would I would be would not be shocked if he's traded or cut. Um, he already announced on his social media. Um, that he'd like to be cut, and the Vikings are saying basically right now we we have no reason to do that. We're not going to do that right now. Um, but he's made his intentions or his hopes clear. Um, Zadarius doesn't want to be back. It explains why you bring in Marcus Davenport. Um, you also have obviously Daniel Hunter. So is is edge rusher a need? Not as much as cornerback, I don't think. Um, if you brought in an edge rusher because a guy falls. I, I think outside of quarterback, a good edge rusher impacts winning at maybe the highest level in the NFL um, because they disrupt 
the other position that impacts winning at a higher level. A good edge rusher can, on a play-by-play basis, take away the quarterback. Um, Not many other positions can do that. Obviously, a good cornerback can do that. Um, But a a good cornerback can do that on one side of the field. He can take away a good receiver, um, a good pass-catching option. A good edge rusher can dominate a left tackle, right tackle, whatever, and get to the quarterback and make sure that quarterback can't throw the ball. Um, It's why edge rushers are paid at a very, very high rate in the NFL. Um, And when you look at average salary, um, the only position that makes way more money is is quarterback. So if the Vikings love an edge rusher and an edge rusher falls, I will not fault them for, for pulling the trigger on that. And the other positions that get mocked higher than edge rusher, um, lower than cornerback, but higher than edge rusher, wide receiver. And, and this is where I think the Vikings should go. And I have some wide receiver bias, not going to lie. Um, I played receiver in, in high school. And also receivers are fun. Um, if you draft a receiver in the first round, it's fun to figure out how that guy fits in. It's a lot easier to kind of, roster construct in your head how does this receiver fit into the offense then how does this tackle fit into the offensive line or how does this how's this cornerback going to look um you know going up against the other team's best pass catcher um you know you can figure out in your in your mind like the cornerback's going to go up against this guy or this you know this is where this guy slots in but it's not as fun as is imagining you know another receiver to pair alongside Justin Jefferson so I am in favor of drafting a receiver if the right one is there in, in round one. Some names that have been mocked to the Vikings, Jordan Addison out of USC. I like that. Um, he's more of a possession guy. I think the Vikings could probably use more of a burner over the top with, with Justin Jefferson. Um, but if Jordan Addison's there um, and the Vikings take him, I certainly won't argue with that. Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. Some saying he's the best receiver in this draft. Um, so, uh, you know, if he's there, take him. Um, Zay Flowers is one who's picked up a lot of steam as of late out of Boston College. Um, you see Quentin Johnson out of TCU. Um, I've seen Josh Downs. I've seen Jalen Hyatt. Uh, insert receiver name here. And I think it's a good idea. Uh, not just because you lost Adam Thielen. Not just because KJ Osborne's in the final year of his contract, um, but because you are going to give Justin Jefferson the most lucrative wide receiver extension in the history of the NFL at some point this offseason or, you know, at some point before training camp. Um, that contract's going to get done at some point. He's your future. He's your present, but he's also your future. And he's someone that. Other teams are going to try and take away on a game-by-game basis moving forward. They're not always going to succeed. Justin Jefferson saw doubles, saw triples last year, and, and still produced just video game-like numbers. But if you then bring in someone like, say, a Jackson Smith and Jigba, or say a Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Quinn Johnson, if you bring in a talented top-tier receiver prospect and pair them with the best receiver in the NFL, then all of a sudden your offense is, is dynamic again. 
Not saying it's it's going to take a step back because you still have Justin Jefferson. You still have TJ Hawkinson. Maybe you have Dalvin Cook. I'd be pretty surprised. He, he's kind of like a Zadarius Smith to me where I think at some point um, the other shoe is going to drop with Dalvin Cook. Um, they gave Alexander Madison a two-year extension. I just don't think Madison signs that extension um, if he knows Cook for sure is coming back. I think Madison's ready to be a bell cow back. I think maybe there were some promises made in 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 that negotiation that that Dalvin's probably not going to be here. Um, but I digress. Um, you have the pieces in place, whether it is Madison or, or Cook, um, with Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson. I will throw K.J. Osborne into that group um, to be a dynamic offense next year. But let's add in another guy, and 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 I'm for that. Um, let's add in someone that can grow with Justin Jefferson and create kind of this feared receiving core for years to come. Not just here's Justin Jefferson, we have him. Let's try and patch it together with 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 certain guys um, because we have the best receiver in the league. We don't need um, to add to that that room, that wide receivers room. I, I think you do, and I think it makes sense to do it. Um, I think adding another receiver opposite Justin Jefferson, it, it makes that guy inherently better who you bring in because he's not going to see as much attention with Jefferson garnering most of it on the other side. But I think down the road, it makes Justin Jefferson a heck of a lot better too if that guy can produce um, because then some of the attention goes to the other side of the field. It opens up the game for Justin Jefferson. It just makes a lot of sense, Right. I don't think the Vikings are long for Kirk Cousins anymore. I think that is something that has become kind of clear when you look at what's happened this offseason, whether it be the report from the scouting combine um, that the Vikings were actively engaged in trade discussions, whether it be the voyeurs added to the end of his contract, basically kicking the can down the road, creating money this year without extending him into next year. Um, the fact that he <clears throat> has not agreed to a long-term con- you know, contract extension, the fact that it looks like the Vikings are, are are willing to let this contract run out or at least have, have made Kirk cousins, you know, kind of a deal of like, prove it. And if, if you prove it, we'll bring you back. Um, they have not committed to him long-term. I think that adding another receiver to the mix makes that, you know, this a palatable destination for if, if you're, if you're shopping for a guy in free agency or if, if you decide to draft a guy this year or next year, um, I think having a wide receiver room with Justin Jefferson and, you know, Justin Jefferson and another receiver, um, you know, a top tier receiver, I think that is going to help a, a rookie quarterback down the road as well. So I, I've made it clear. I'll, I'll make it even more clear in, in, you know, in the coming weeks that I think the Vikings should go receiver in round one. That being said, I would not be surprised if they went cornerback in round one. To wrap up, I would be surprised if they went quarterback in round one. Because of what I said earlier, they have five draft picks. They're not going to move up. Um, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, Whether, regardless of how you see it, whether you like C.J. Stroud more, you like Bryce Young more, they're probably going to go one and two in the draft, right? You know, Carolina didn't move up in the draft to not take a quarterback, and Houston's definitely taking a quarterback. So that takes off those two off the board, right? Bryce Young gone. CJ Stroud gone. 
Will Levis had an awesome pro day. Anthony Richardson, obviously, he's someone who's shot up draft boards. He's he's a surefire top 10 pick as far as I'm concerned. Vikings aren't going to have enough ammo to, to move up and, and then draft a guy like that. I talked about Will Levis' pro day. I would be shocked if Will Levis is there at 23. If he is, I think the Vikings consider taking him. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be there at, at, at 23. A name who will be there at 23, likely, and a name that I've seen mock to the Vikings a little more lately, I'm not sure how I feel about it, is Hendon Hooker out of University of Tennessee. Hendon Hooker hasn't had a ton of steam in you know the months leading up to the NFL draft because he tore his ACL late in the season with the University of Tennessee. He tore his ACL so late in the season that I'm not even sure he's going to be ready for, for you know, mandatory minicamp, OTAs, things of that nature, training camp. But, but Hendon Hooker is someone who, if the Vikings take him at 23, is going to instantly become the most polarizing player on the team. Because some people are just going to lean in. They're going to say, okay, quarterback's taken that guy's good he's the future um you saw it with christian ponder i think everyone was upset with that pick right away back in the early 2010s and then within 15 minutes people had looked up enough christian ponder highlights to convince himself that he was going to be the guy i think if the vikings take hendon hooker um hendon hooker won't play this year Let's make that clear. I think if they take Hendon Hooker, it's because Kirk Cousins is getting this year. Hendon Hooker is learning a year under Kirk Cousins, and they're giving you know, the keys to Hendon Hooker next year. I think if they take him, though, there will be a subsect of fans that say, this is great. We got our quarterback. He's, he's gonna, it, It's going to be awesome. And then you're going to have the other side of it. And this is something Kirk Cousins has dealt with throughout his career. It's just the polarizing nature of the position. Frankly, whoever comes in and plays the quarterback position after Kirk Cousins is going to probably have to deal with some of that, maybe not to the same degree. But Hendon Hooker might be able to rival him because there's going to be people that love him. There's going to be people that remember what he did with University of Tennessee. They beat Alabama and Bryce Young, if you remember that. Um, Hendon Hooker was a Heisman candidate for a while. And then he tore his ACL. Some people are going to be wary of the ACL injury. Is he going to be able to come back? Most people are going to be wary of the fact that Hendon Hooker is already 25 years old. Hendon Hooker turns 26 in January. If Hendon Hooker redshirts this season, he will not start a game for the Vikings until he is 26 years old. And, you know, by the end of that season, he will have turned 27. Kind of like a Brandon Whedon situation here. Um, It takes quarterbacks more often than not a year to progress, a year to get to where they want to be. Are you willing to wait or are you willing to take a chance on a guy who could be 26, 27 before he's really playing meaningful football for your franchise? Is that something that makes sense? I'm not sure. And that's something that down the road we're going to have to figure out. Um, but it's fun fodder right now. It, it, it's something we'll obviously have to dig into if the Vikings do indeed take Hendon Hooker. Um, but interesting enough that he's a name that 
it's not just popping up once now. Um, I've seen him on a handful of different mock drafts. So I think the steam is there. I think it's something that could be a, a true possibility. Um, and if it happens, I can't wait to talk about it. Um, but definitely wanted to bring his name up into the equation when we're talking about mock drafts um, because he is someone that I think it, that we really start to need to start considering um, could go in the Vikings draft when the Vikings are on the clock in round one. All right. That's all we got for this week's episode of Inside Purple and Gold. We'll be back next week. Um, might have a special guest. Might just have Tom back. <laughs> that sounded bad. Um, if Tom's back, we love it. It's great. Um, but we might have a very special guest next week. Um, and if we do, um, we'll be sure to tease that episode more than once. Um, it's someone you guys would really like if if we can get him to agree to come on the pod. Um, if not, it'll just be me and Tom coming back, talking about the NFL draft, probably a little bit more of the offseason. Maybe we'll have some more news pop up in, in, in between then. Until then, um, if you like what you're hearing, as always, please like, please subscribe, please rate us. Um, all of that stuff helps, and it helps us continue to kind of bring the content to you on, on a weekly basis. So um, enjoy the rest of your week if you're in Minnesota. Um, looks like we're finally going to get some nice weather. Um, looks like spring's finally here. Go out and enjoy the, the weather this weekend. Um, we'll come at you next week um, with another episode of Inside Purple and Gold. Until then, talk to you next time. For Dane Mizutani, I'm out. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.